0: So you're telling me Mark McDonough is a new movie coming out and it's starring Colin Farrell and there's a trailer for it? Of course I'm going to react to it. I'm going to react to it now. Okay. Colin, Sonny, Larry. Didn't you and he used to be the best of friends? We're still the best of friends. No, you're not. Who says we're not? (laughs) Sit somewhere else. Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Drama. Now, if I've done something to you, just tell me what I've done to you. But you didn't do anything to me. I just don't like you no more. You didn't like me yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is already what a great he know premise. Friends with you no more. What, what is he, 12? What the hell's going on with you, and me feckin' brother? He's yeah. <laughs> dumbish, <laughs> But he's always been dumb. What done. the hell? What's going like on? Two hours you spent talking to me about the things you found in your little donkey shite that day. Well, it wasn't me little donkey shite, it was me pony shite, which shows how much you were listening. <laughs> <laughs> this is already hilarious Calm. What? if you don't stop bothering me i have a set of shears at home and each time you bother me from this day on i'll take those shears and i'll take one of my fingers off with them and i'll give that finger what? To you until i have no fingers left does this make things what the clear fuck? not really no starting from now what? but just like party you know just like yeah i just like what would you not want him to have to do the one finger to see if he was bluffing like? No, we wouldn't. Because worse comes to worse, he can still play the fiddle with four fingers, I bet you. Yeah. Go back <laughs> to your own gang now, you' talking to me, are you? Why aren't you talking to Parag no more? so weird. Don't be a sin now, with the father. No, but it's not very nice either, is it? Do you know who we remember for how nice they was in the 17th century? Who? Absolutely no one, yet yeah, we all remember the music of the time. Everyone to a man knows Mozart's name. What a... I don't. So there goes what? that theory. This is such an interesting movie. Wow. Oh. Can't be waiting around for any more of this madness. Oh! just call it quits we won't call it quits we'll call it the start (laughs) what what the fuck oh wow okay well that's certainly one of the funniest just on paper premises i've ever seen for a movie i think just the premise is that all of a sudden your best friend doesn't want to talk to you anymore you have no idea why and it looks like as i'm sure, you know, it's a Mark McDonough movie, so i'm sure things are going to escalate very quickly. But that being the starting point of this movie is so freaking funny to me. It's funny because it's so ridiculous. Like you can even think about like i got a little bit of a uh, Yorgos Lanthimos vibe with this movie for sure because Yorgos Lanthimos movies, you know, especially considering Colin Farrell in the trailer for this movie, you know, immediately I just think back to The Lobster and how kind of crazy and ridiculous the premise was. Or same thing with Barry Keegan, you know, the thing about him being in a Yorgos Lanthimos movie, uh, uh what's it called? The Killing of a Sacred Deer. That also had an insanely ridiculous kind of premise. So I definitely get Yorgos Lanthimos vibes, uh, but I guess it's mainly because I don't see any like strictly, you know, crime genre type, events happening in this movie if that makes sense. Like it doesn't seem like this is a crime movie. Uh, which, you know, that's what typically makes what Mar McDonough does stand out. But when you strip the crime part of it away and it's just kind of a ridiculous, like a ridiculous, funny premise for a movie that you know is gonna escalate, definitely getting a lot of yoga Lanthimos most vibes I in man, the more I mention Yorgos Lanthimos, the more I'm like, man, I really miss him. What the fuck has he been doing? I know he has a movie coming out this year with Rami Youssef and you know, uh, what's his name? Uh, 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 Gerard Carmichael, uh, and I think Emma Stone. Like, I'm very excited for that. I love Yorgos Lanthimos, but just this movie, the tone of this movie reminded me how much I miss, you know, his movies. But not to take away anything from Mark McDonough, I think this movie is going to be very... I mean, it's already very funny. I mean, this is a hilarious trailer already. That's what's funny to me about it. It's just like, oh, okay, I guess that's just the premise. It's just, hey, you know, why don't you want to talk to me anymore? (laughs) If you talk to me, I'm going to cut my fingers. (laughs) And then the conversation of like, just do it once, just to see if he bluffs. And I'm not surprised because, I mean, even if you've never seen any Mark McDonough movie, you've probably seen the the meme or the funny picture of Imbruge with uh, Gallim Furrow And I think Brendan Gleeson too. Is that his name? I don't know what his name is, but it's about like, if you kill yourself, I'll if you shoot yourself, I'll kill you or something like that. I don't know if you guys have seen that image. It's a very funny image and it kind of shows what kind of humor he has. And so that's definitely coming through in this. It's great that he's coming back to Ireland. I presume those sounded like Irish accents to me don't cancel me if they're not irish people but you know i i like that he's going back to that uh setting um a lot of people obviously didn't necessarily love his move to the states with three billboards outside of ebbing missouri i really like the movie but i know a lot of people did did not Let's keep going. I personally really liked that movie, but I know a lot of people didn't. So I understand why maybe a lot of people might be cautious with this one. But I think, you know, regardless of if it would have done a movie in Ireland, in the U- in the U S in England, wherever the fuck you decide to make a movie. I was definitely going to check it out, but I just really wanted to see this trailer. And I think the trailer was funny enough. that I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm definitely checking this out. Whenever it comes out, you know, the first weekend of release, maybe not first weekend because, you know, these movies are limited release. But yeah, that was really funny. And I'm glad it's trending on YouTube. I saw that it's trending. It has like about two and a half million views, which is kind of pretty good for an indie movie like this. And I want to see what the, the comments are saying. Such a delight to see these two on screen together. Again, pure magic. And it comes from Garrett Watts, who is a pretty big YouTuber. Mark McDonough is a great playwright. This has the hallmarks of his play, The Cripple of In- Inishman, which I had the pleasure of performing. Oh, okay, well, so it's... Yeah, I could see it. It definitely has like a like a play vibe for sure, especially with that ridiculous premise. Love Mar McDonough. He makes so few films. Everyone feels like an event. That is very true. You know, he doesn't have that many movies. This looks great, darkly funny, while also hinting at the possibility of some truly dark themes. Yeah, yeah. That's a great comment. That's a great, and I'm going to, you know, move on from the comments because fuck the comments. I hate YouTube comments, but that's a great point that the idea that it it, it probably can explore some darker themes of like, you know, friendships or like, it's almost like a blown out version of like, when you have resentments with your friends, I think that's what the movie's going to end up being about is that we all have like friends that they've done something that we haven't liked. And we haven't really blown it up a lot, but you know, because we want to keep their, you know, friendship intact, but it can get to a point where like you just build resentments and then you just blow over one day. And the other person has no idea why it's because you've been passive aggressive the whole time. So I actually do think that might be a thing, a theme of this movie where it's like, oh, you know, like an exaggerated version where like, instead of having an argument with your friend, you're just like starting today, I will never talk to you. Honestly, that sounds like a fun prank. You know, if I were like a, one of those YouTubers, you know what I mean? Or a TikTok prankster, I would do that. I would just like, like a challenge where you call your friend or text your friend. who's like, Hey, you know, starting today, we're no longer friends. I'm ne- I don't never want to talk to you again. Bye. Without no context, no explanation and see how they react. That'll be a cool challenge. But anyways, those are my thoughts on this trailer. I'm very excited to see this Mark McDonough movie whenever it comes out. I think so, I it saw it comes out like October. I think there's a lot of great movies coming out in October. I can't wait for that month. But speaking of great movies, well, speaking of movies, (laughs) this is a movie podcast after all, movie and TV show podcast. But speaking of movies, now I want to move on to review two movies that I saw this past week. The first one is the big wide release action summer blockbuster, and that's Bullet Train. It is the new David Leitch movie that, if you know, he he was an uncredited director behind John Wick. He did Deadpool 2. He did Atomic Blonde. You know, this movie is written by Zach Okowitz and Kataro Isaka, based on the book by Kataro Isaka. Um, it is categorized as an action comedy thriller. And I think that makes sense, especially because when it comes to the thriller part of it, it's definitely very twisty. Uh, certainly funny. I mean, it's, it, 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 it is funny. There's a lot of jokes. It's not as funny as I wish it could be, but you know, it's still a comedy. Action, definitely a lot of action. Uh, I'll get more into it in a second. Uh, the basic premise of this movie, five assassins aboard a fast-moving bullet train find out their missions have something in common. So they're all kind of interconnected in some way, shape, or form. And I like that part of the movie. It stars stars a lot of people. Let me just go to the cast real quick. Brett Pitt, Joey King, Aaron Taylor Johnson, Brian Tyree Henry, Andrew Koji, Hiroyuki, Sonata, uh, and Bad Bunny, for sure, Logan Lerman, Zazzy beats Karen Fukuhara, and some other surprise roles, some cameos that I will not spoil. But that's everything you need to know about this movie. And now, what is my thoughts on this movie? I would say... It's a fun movie. Coming into this movie, I guess I was... I guess the conventional wisdom or like people, I guess, had high expectations for this movie. From the time I saw the trailer, I was just like, okay, this is going to be a fun movie. That's literally all I thought. But I guess people saw Brad Pitt and being like, well, Brad Pitt doesn't miss. Every single movie he makes is amazing. So I'm expecting this incredible, maybe John Wick-like action franchise. Like, I don't know. I guess that's what people were expecting. And you can see that people were disappointed by the Rotten Tomato score. just like in the, lo- the, the mid 50s, which is crazy to me. Um, but me and maybe other people who weren't paying that much attention. I was just like, I just want to have fun. And I had fun with this movie. It was weird because I kind of had to warm up to this movie. Like in the first like 20 to 30 minutes is very much like there's a lot of jokes and they're not necessarily hitting. It's like chuckle worthy laughs. You know, and you're just like, oh, I want to laugh more than I'm laughing right now. These jokes aren't hitting as hard as they could be. And that kind of stays throughout the movie. But then a couple of things start to happen where like there are big laughs. And then you kind of settle into a rhythm. And I was kind of just comfortable in just enjoying the movie for a whole time. And then the second act ends and I'm like, oh, wait, there's a whole third act left. And that's when I realized, oh, wow, this movie You know, this movie was trying to go for a lot more than I was expecting. Like this movie actually tried to be a good movie, which is interesting, at least in terms of the plot, like the plot itself and the thriller aspect of this movie. You could tell that that, you know, David Leitch was just like, this is going to be a crazy plot twisting kind of movie. You're never going to see anything coming. You know, there's so many different callbacks and things, you know, that we set up earlier that come back at the end. And this is how this connects to this. It's a very complicated plot, which, again, I was not expecting whatsoever. I was just expecting a fun, almost like numbing, mindless action movie turns out to be more than that, or at least they were trying to go more for more than that. But ultimately, it only settled on being just that because I guess they weren't able to execute those like big brain moments in the movie correctly. Um, I still enjoyed it, but you know, and I do appreciate that the movie tried to go for more than just, you know, just a fun time. Just like fucking the Meg. Do you guys remember that movie? The Meg with, uh, (laughs) what's his name? What's a bald guy? You know, the bald guy from, uh, crank. I forget his name, but you can see his face. He went against the rock. Jason Statham. You know, it's like I, th- I was expecting more the Meg featuring Jason Statham. And I got almost kind of something similar to like, I'm trying to think of like really complicated thrillers. I can't think of any, but I ended up getting kind of something completely different. But I still treated it that way because that's how I felt as I was watching it. So it's almost like a disappointment and still a fun time. And because I'm a glass half full kind of person, I settle under just a fun time and it was a fun time. Uh, The one thing that you should know, if you've seen Deadpool 2, you know, there's a character there played by Sazzy Beats who's in this movie um, called Domino in Deadpool 2, where like her superpower, quote unquote, is just being lucky. And all her action scenes in Deadpool 2 were about that. And they were very cool, you know? And I could just tell that David Leach had so much fun filming those scenes that he was just like, you know what? Why don't I just make a full movie about luck? and being lucky and unlucky, and how those meet, and what does that mean, and the concept of luck, and, you know, is it actually good to be an unlucky person? Like, he actually explores a lot of great ideas. Like, it is a theme-heavy movie, even the, even down to the significance of the word ladybug, which is what Brad Pitt's character's name is in the movie. Even that gets explored a little bit. Um, It was interesting, like, because Brad Pitt, right? He's supposed to be like the unlucky assassin. And then Joey King is like the polar opposite, and she's like the lucky assassin. Like luck always works out for her. And then at a certain point in the movie, you realize oh, there's gonna be like these two things kind of clashing against each other. Like, how, how does that work? And that was interesting, an interesting part of the movie, but it's interesting. Just in general, this movie was it, it was it was fine. It tried to do more than probably should have. I admire it for it. It didn't work, but I did still have the very basic amount of fun, right? Like, I feel like everybody in that theater were just like, oh, yeah, this is fun. It's like a breezy, light, you know, complicated, but not too hard to follow kind of a movie that I feel like anybody could go watch. I think that's the biggest compliment I can give this movie. Literally anybody can go watch this movie and you'll have fun. It'll be like a fun time and you'll have enough happening plot wise where you won't get bored or like, Check out, like you do, kind of still have to pay attention, but you don't have to like rack your brain with what's happening, and you can just kind of sit back and relax. You know, it's one of those movies. Uh, I was talking to my friend Dion, not a critic on YouTube, check it out, and he told me that you know, he asked me if this felt like a streaming movie or like a theatrical movie. And in a way, it does kind of feel like a streaming movie only because we've been getting so many of these kinds of movies from Netflix. Like, Netflix has been pumping out these kind of movies. Like, this is better than all those Netflix movies, I think. In my humble opinion. But, you know, like The Great Man, Red Notice. Um, there's more, but I can't think of them. Uh, what's the one with the lightsabers? I forget. But, yeah, there's been a lot of these movies, specifically with Ryan Gosling. Hint, hint. But wank, wank. Where you know, it gives a similar vibe. And I think Netflix has fucked it up for movies like this. Cause now people are like, I could have seen this at home, which is fucked up. Thank God for Sazlav, laugh. You know what I mean? He's truly making things great with movie theaters. Right guys. Uh, but yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, uh, that's, uh, that's all I want to talk about with this movie. Um, I do recommend it, but don't expect anything too crazy. You're going to be surprised by how much is happening, but don't get too invested in it because it doesn't ultimately pay off. But it's still just a fun ride, you know, no pun intended. So, yeah, I, I would I would advise people to check it out. It's a pretty fun movie. And now let's talk about an actual great movie, you know. This is definitely not an action summer blockbuster. Uh, definitely an indie kind of a movie. But I do want to talk about it because this was a wild time. This movie is called Resurrection. Um, it is directed by Andrew Siemens. Siemens that's a funny name it was written by andrew siemens as well is categorized on imdb as a, as a crime drama horror i don't know crime i don't know where the fuck they're getting crime from i don't know if there's any there's necessarily a crime happening it's definitely drama and horror and like psychological thriller as well i would add in there um here's a basic premise margaret's life is in order she is capable disciplined and successful Everything is under control. That is until David returns, carrying with him the horrors of Margaret's past. That's actually the perfect way to describe this movie without spoiling anything. Uh, it stars Tim Roth as David and Rebecca Hall as Margaret. And is, is Grace Kaufman the girl, the daughter? Yes. Who? How old is she? She's my sister's age. She's she's She was pretty cool. I think I've seen her. What have I seen her before in? I feel like I've seen her in something, right? The Loud House? No. The Sky's Everywhere. I never saw that movie. I'm aware of it. Where did I see her? I know I've seen her somewhere. Or well, maybe not. She looked familiar. Anyways, she plays her daughter, uh, uh, Abby. Um, And here's what I will say about this movie. It's fucked up. <laughs> it's very fucked up. It's, it's, it's as fucked up, I would say, as Men. The Alex Garland movie that came out this year. Less abstract. Than that one, but still just as fucked up. But it doesn't necessarily start that way. It starts very kind of basic. Like, yeah, just like a typical kind of movie that you would see, right? But then there's definitely a moment where things change. The moment Margaret, or Maggie, as she's called, by David, when Maggie sees David randomly, that's when the movie kind of changes. And it it's interesting because this is not necessarily a spoiler because this is kind of what kicks the movie off. But when Maggie sees David, like her reaction to it, how extreme it was, goes so far into adding a certain level of dread to this movie. Where you're just like, what the fuck? Why is she reacting this extremely? This must be like a horrible person. <laughs> This must be like the worst person ever to ever exist, ever. Uh, uh, And then that dread like carries you throughout the movie when you're just like, what the fuck is happening? What did she experience? And man, I think, you know, there's a lot of things to praise about this movie, but this movie simply does not work without Rebecca Hall. Rebecca Hall is literally the most underrated actress working today by far. I'm annoyed that she hasn't ever been in some sort of like big enough movie where she could even be nominated. She typically does these like like horror indie drama, you know, this like ver- these very small scale horror movies where she like goes off, but these are the kind of movies that never get recognized by the Academy. So it's like, it's fucked up that she's doing the best work of her life, the best work happening right now of any actor. And... She won't be recognized by me. She just doesn't give a fuck. She's like, man, fuck the Oscars. Who cares? You know, it is what it is. My career is going to be cemented regardless. And I sure do hope so. I mean, she puts on a clinic in this movie. There is an eight minute like close up monologue, like uninterrupted monologue that happens in this movie that it took me about four minutes to realize what's happening because she was so fucking good that I didn't even notice that this was unbroken, just her talking and just her giving her monologue was like as exhilarating as anything I've seen this year. Like just that eight minute monologue is as good as anything you'll see on movies this year. Um, so she carries this movie, but I also got to give a shout out to Tim Roth, who was already in my second favorite movie of the year so far, Sundown. Uh, Uh, And he was great in that, like as an unreadable character. And he kind of plays the same thing here. But he plays this almost like it's weird. Like he plays the ultimate toxic, abusive guy. And it's funny because when I wrote my review of this, like a short little review, my letterbox letterboxcom slash Eladio Talks. Follow me there if you want to hear my movie thoughts. When when. I described this movie like jokingly I was like lol the relationship is so toxic because toxicity has become kind of cool especially in like R&B music you know it's always been a hip hop but it's certainly becoming cool in R&B with guys like Even Division recently or like Brent Faiyaz being the most notable example right now And, you know, people always talk about, oh, that's toxic, this is toxic, that's toxic, why am I so toxic, why are you so toxic, I hate toxicity, I hate a toxic guy. There's so much talk of toxicity, and it's just so funny to me, because this movie has like the ultimate, like the real, honest, fucked up look at what an actual toxic guy looks like. Not no fucking fun Brent Fayette song, you know what I mean? Like, not no future song, where it's like a bop, like... When a guy wants to be really toxic and abusive, it's like literally can alter, uh, like just fuck up a woman's life forever. And the thing that was so scary about this movie is that the toxic, the tactics that this Tim Roth guy used, that David used on Maggie, were like so fucking mind Like it, it was the ultimate mind And this movie did such a great job. Almost like in in a seamless way that you can't even really point at how they did it. But by the time that you start to see David's effect on Maggie and like whenever he will tell her something, very calm, very like, like his character is fucking terrifying. One of the most terrifying villains of the year so far, by far. But whenever you see that, right, it's just like, what? That's how he manipulates her. Like, that's what you think in your head. Like, that's what, how he does it. It doesn't seem like that effective. But then as you find out more about their backstory and the horrors that he's done to her and like the truly fucking psychotic things that he's done to fuck with this woman's brain. It's like, then you understand. And and somehow you're like, this is fucking crazy that she's following through with this. Like she's doing what he's telling her, but you get it. And that's like the absolute highest compliment I can give this movie. It's like, the places this movie goes, the fact that you understand why the things that are happening happen, you're just like, wow, this movie is fucking masterful at that then. And it absolutely, without spoiling anything, is one of the most fucked up endings of the year so far. The movie, even before it got really fucked up, it was still very upsetting because it was real. Again, it's showing the real side effects, the real fucked up, honest you know, things that happen when a guy is f- mentally and physically abusive towards a woman and emotionally abusive, right? Like, it's fucked up, man. It's like, I keep mentioning men, but I do think resurrection and men will make, like, the ultimate, like, <laughs> double feature in terms of, like, why men are the worst. <laughs> like, why men should be banished from existence. There should be no man. I mean, you watch... Men by Alex Garland and Resurrection by Andrew Siemens, And you'll see that men probably, you know, like, I feel like the world will be a, probably a better place if men weren't in it. And that may sound like I'm being a pick me like the what's the male version of a pick me? I don't know. But I'm just letting you guys know the way this movie ends would just make you look at guys like, damn. Like all I kept thinking when I kept seeing Tim Roth's character is just like. Damn, we have that kind of power. Like if I truly want it, like I could do that to a woman. Fuck, because in this movie, he kind of takes advantage of her by using their most primal instincts as a woman. And that's all I'll say before getting into too many spoilers. But I think that's all I'll say about this movie. This is definitely in my top 10 of the year. The more I think about it and the more I talk about it, the more I want to show it to other people. I'm just like, damn, this might be actually might go up to my top five. This movie's fucking amazing, man. And um yeah, if you think like Andrew Tate or Schneeko are misogynist and manipulative and toxic, just wait till you watch this movie.